0: Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the infield. It's the off-season episode with your host, Todd Fox, along with Fernando. How's it going, everybody? The Lone Star Halo. He's all over the place. He's like Carmen Sandiego, but the male version, the non-canceled version. So we'll see. Maybe he's got recasted because you never know exactly where he's at. Sometimes you see the New Jersey background. You may have a Louisiana one. He's all over the place, people.
1: I'm currently in Memphis, so I didn't pull out, like, a Memphis background. I don't know what that would be. Maybe would it be, like, Beale Street? It could be Beale Street or it could be a fat Elvis on a toilet. Oh, there you go. Shout <laughs> out to Graceland.
0: honoring have the people who live here. Honoring the king.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: All right, so with that being said, we've got some Angels news to talk about, if you haven't heard uh, there's been quite a few trades and also uh, pickups here by the Angels and we're going to get into them and we'll have Fernando start on that because uh, there's been an awful lot of news and a lot of speculation too. So we're going to touch on all that in this episode and then uh, probably some more news and notes and more speculation on our point so or our part. So let's get started, Fernando.
1: Well, let me first start off because I need to get better about this. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. Give us a five-star review wherever you found this podcast. Tell your friends. Check out the merch. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And make sure to follow our friends over at Catella Chronicles as well while you're at it.
0: Well, wow, you know what, dude, that is perfect cuz I summed everything up right away. That's something we should be saying every episode, every time we're on. So, I appreciate that little reminder right there cuz obviously five stars <laughs> helps us out big time. <clears throat> All right, Fernando, well, let's let's take two. Let's start this one out, brother. What you got?
1: All right, so I we haven't exactly done a formal recording since these moves really started. So it started off with the Angels signing Tyler Anderson to a three-year deal. He's going to be getting just over $13 million a year. Now, let's start off by, like, your raw thoughts. So Tyler Anderson obviously had a stellar year with the Dodgers. I mean, it literally can't be understated how solid of a year it was. Now Tyler Anderson has been around the block for a little while. The Dodgers weren't his first team, uh, I believe he was with Pittsburgh as well. Um, let me see. Yeah, so Colorado, Pittsburgh, uh, he was with the Giants. He was with Seattle, and then he was with the Dodgers last year. Now he has a career. Um, Where to go? A career four point one six ERA, mm-hmm. which is serviceable. It's not stellar, it's not bad, it's serviceable. But last year, he had a 2.57 ERA with the Dodgers. He, had, he also had 15 wins and five losses. He started 28 games last year and pitched 178.2 innings. So he was dependable, he was reliable, he went out there every few days, took the ball for the Dodgers, and gave some pretty lengthy outings if you're going to have 178 innings pitched,
0: I agree. <clears throat> um the one thing i'll say about that if you want my raw thoughts on it right away is i like the numbers 15 and 5 um uh, the 257 era is a, uh, i think a product of mark Pryor and the dodgers stadium uh it's a pitchers ballpark uh i like it. the only thing that is kind of got me a little uh you know perplexed a little bit is it's another lefty to add to the rotation it's not all bad but um you know, I, I think if, if he can get out of there with an ERA of 3.54 with us, I think it's a win. Anything over that, anything over, you know, maybe close to a four is not good. I'd like to see him pitch at a 3.50 and, and below, but, you know, three well, again, I'll take that. He's a serviceable pitcher, and like you said, how many pitchers have the Angels in the Joe Madden era, the last part of Mike Sosha? Have pitched over 150 innings, you know, or 120 innings, even. So, a, a, a guy that we're getting that he said is very dependable, pitched almost 180 innings. Um, sign me up for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's overall a winning pitcher. His career is 44 and 43. So, not by much. We're essentially talking about a 500 pitcher. Yeah. But here's the thing he doesn't have to come here to Anaheim and be the dominant guy. At least in year one, you know, maybe if Shohei Otani gets traded or becomes a free agent and leaves, then maybe we can have a situation more, uh, talk more about him potentially needing to be an ace. If, you know, guys like Patrick Sandoval or Reed Detmers can't step up in that mythical situation. But what I will say is at next season, he really just needs to be a number two, number three, number four kind of guy. You know, this is assuming no other deals are made. Now you and I uh, talked for a couple hours yesterday off record, and we had talked about the fact that now this is gonna be a very, very lefty dominated starting rotation. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Jose Suarez, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Demers, Tyler Anderson, and then you have guys like you know, Kai Bush who are waiting in the wings. So you, you not only are gonna have a log jam coming up. In the organization now because as i stated you know kai bush and then in terms of right-handers you have guys like sam bachman you have uh, uh chase silseth mm-hmm. uh you had jonathan diaz but for whatever reason they non-tendered him so he's no longer in the organization currently hopefully he comes back on a minor league deal because i like what he brought to the table yep. but what i'm saying is you're starting to have a situation where we're going to start slowly having a log jam at the starting pitching um position now that's something we have not been able to say in Anaheim for a while yeah the other advantage uh you have griffith griffin canning potentially coming back for three weeks before he gets hurt again so (laughs) you know you never know what's going to happen with him maybe he gives you six weeks instead of three weeks but uh, the point is you know canning's always a guy who's had potential because of his injuries, he's never really been able to tap into that potential, unfortunately. And then of course you have the guys like Chris Rodriguez, who I think is best off as a bullpen arm, but he is technically a starter. So
0: yeah, you have you have a awful I can't remember a time uh in Angels history, even you can go to the glory days to where you had number of pitchers ready to come up. To me, it was like if you needed a pitcher, you went out and you got a Kelvin Escobar. He got a Bartolo Cologne. He got pitchers like that. They really they really have not spent the time or the energy on getting pitchers to develop. And the names that you just put out there is you, you basically put out with all those pitching names, you can fill three rotations full of starting pitchers. And that's crazy to think about that these are major league ready pitchers that can make a difference and can stay on a rotation. Some may be more healthier than others, but you know what I'm saying? like. I've never seen it to where you can just pick from the minors and, and interchange and still have competitive baseball uh, being played at the starting pitcher spot. So that's, that's a bonus. Um, But you know, like, like you said, I don't think they're done. Uh, If they go left-handed, like we talked off air and you said that, you know, wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, However, it's, it's how they, how they can pitch and there's different dynamics now without the shift and, uh, you know, so it's going to be a little more challenging for these, you know, left-handed pitchers going against them, maybe a right-handed uh, dominated lineup. Um, so we'll we'll see. But, I mean, the potential's there for a lot of good. And Justin Anderson fits that mold.
1: But Tyler Anderson.
0: Tyler Anderson. I'm sorry. I don't want to call him Justin. But I think, too, serving him as a third or fourth would be great. I'd take the pressure off of him. Um, he's going to be the new guy on the team. Uh 39 million is an 89 million, so there's not that kind of pressure, but the fact that he's gonna be making more than most of the pitchers on the squad. Um, I think not asking him to do too much if you anchor the rotation with Otani and Sandoval up top.
1: I, I think this is a decent signing. I mean, you know, thirteen million in the grand scheme of things isn't crazy you know what? He had a great season, but the, the way baseball is nowadays, you kind of have to pay for the season that the guy had before. That's really just kind of what sports is turning into, but especially baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, th- this is a decent sign. You know what? You're all in on this guy. The problem with the angels has been that they've been giving out a lot of these one year deals, these prove it deals. And the, problem with the Angels, they're not a prove-it type of team. They don't consistently get these guys who, you know, were good or who have potential. They sign them, and then they succeed here. That does not work in Anaheim, and it really hasn't as far as pitching, starting pitching for a while. It's kind of worked with guys in the bullpen, you know, And, and there's guys who they get lucky with, like Parker Bridwell, if you remember him in yes. 2017 was great. And then they brought him back and he, he wasn't very good. And he just kind of fizzled out eventually, mm-hmm. you know, and then bullpen guys, you had guys like Blake Parker or Hansel Robles or David Hernandez. Those guys were good. You know, they were picked out of the waiver wire came here, give an opportunity. They did well. And then they were either flipped or just, they got rid of them eventually. So I I don't know, man. Pitching is just so difficult today with the way baseball is. It's almost like running backs in the NFL. It's just a revolving door. You get lucky, and sometimes these pitchers catch lightning in a bottle, and they figure it out. Or sometimes they're one-hit wonders. They get paid, and they fizzle into irrelevance.
0: Yeah, I think the days are gone. Back in the day when you'd have a Jim Abbott, Mark Langston, Chuck Finley hang out for about five to six seasons. I think asking a rotation of a of, of dominant guys like Glavin Mold a uh, Mold uh Glavin Molder, <clears throat> Glavin Smoltz, and I'm forgetting the third pitcher that they had uh back in the day Braves, hey. huh? Greg Maddox. Yeah, Maddox. There you go. Um, you know when you have guys like that, I think the last one to do it was Hudson Molder and Zito. Um, but when you when you can hold on to three dominant pitchers like that, it's very hard to do in this league. Um, you know, guys are like you said, revolving doors. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to keep a rotation together like that, but when you can, it's something special. And there's a chance here that we may have something here special. You know, we might be able to have Otani long-term with Sandoval long-term and Kai Bush, you know, or it could be Silseth or stuff like that. I'm kind of, you know, being optimistic for once and thinking this thing could, could last for a while that Perry's building a good foundation of pitching and then it's just going to have to fill out with the lineup and, and the and the bench and the depth. You know, uh, I have faith in what he's done with a bullpen. It seems like, you know, the arms that comes up because, like you said, they're getting away from those one-year deals. They're kind of investing more in long-term guys or guys through the system. So it's definitely a different culture around here. And will it continue moving forward? Will we continue to get this building blocks? Because it just feels like there's something brewing with the Angels. Yeah,
1: we'll talk a little bit more about like how we feel these moves are gonna pay out when we get to the others Mm -hmm. because this is just move number one. But what I will say is that this is a good move, Mm -hmm. you know. Will 13 million be a little bit of an overpay? Perhaps, but 13 million can also be a bargain if he even has a shred of the season he had last year. I mean, if we're talking about 12 wins, eight losses. I'll take that with like a 3.6, 3.7 ERA and he was our number 4 guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll take that. Even if he was our number 2 guy, you know what? I'll take that. He's going out there, he's staying healthy, he's giving you a chance to win. You know, and uh, nowadays wins and losses really aren't a good way to determine a good quality pitcher. You know, I mean, look at Nolan Ryan. I mean, I don't did he ever lead the league in wins?
0: He may have like once or twice.
1: He was always on crappy teams. You know what I mean? The California Angels weren't very good when he was here. I think the Mets were good, but he was just starting his career. He didn't really get a pitch an insane amount in New York. Mm -hmm. You know, he came to Anaheim. And then, you know, in Houston, I think they were good for like one year maybe. And besides that, they kind of sucked. And then when he went to the Rangers, they kind of sucked. So the point is that wins and losses don't really matter. I mean, look what happened with Sandoval last year. If you look at his win loss total, you're like, dude, this guy sucks. And then you. You know, dive into his ERA and innings pitched, and you're like, okay, well, clearly this guy just didn't get any help.
0: Yeah, his strikeouts were high. I mean, the the guy pitched his ass off. He just got no run support.
1: Yeah, almost a, almost just comically got a lack of run support.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Is and like you said, he I think didn't he have a better ERA than uh, than our boy that just got signed? Because I think he was sub two two as well, two fifty, right?
1: Oh, like, did I book What
0: Sandoval was on fire last year. I know that. Like, uh, he pitched to a lot of – he pitched to, like, four, I believe, one-nothing losses. So that should tell you something. And and he was pitching into the seventh inning. And credit to him, I think I only saw him get really frustrated twice where, you know, he walked off really pissed off. that You could tell he was mad at the hitting. Most of the time you saw him upset. He was mad at himself giving up a run or two runs here and there but for the most part you know like he kept it together i mean he, he was definitely a pitcher that could walk into into the locker room and throw shit and you couldn't like laugh at him you couldn't say hey that he's wrong for that you'd be like yeah he has every right to be as pissed off as he was
1: so he was 6 and 9 with a 2.91 ERA so not quite as good as Tyler Anderson's 2.57 but i mean once you're in the twos, we're comparing, you know, apples to oranges.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I I mean, I guess that's probably a bad comparison, but you know, we're comparing like Coca-Cola and Pepsi. I mean, it's a preference at that point. Yeah. You know, 2.5 is better than 2.91, but are we really going to complain about 2.91? You know, most people might prefer Coke, but if you go to a restaurant, they're like, we only have Pepsi. Most people are like, whatever. Mm-hmm. so that's my point there you know i'm not going to argue who's the better two uh two era pitcher i'll take either one to be honest yeah you know obviously anderson's numbers look better because he was on a more competitive team his team gave him more run support but you know patrick sandoval pitched 148.2 innings that's also not bad at all i mean he had a very serviceable uh season and overall he's a 3.70 uh era player he's had a pretty good career
0: yeah it just hasn't translated wins and losses if I if I'm mistaken I think he's like something like 20 games under 500 as a starter
1: he's 10 and 24.
0: yeah yeah so he's <laughs> something like, yeah he has a <laughs> 8. four winning
1: percentage doug.
0: But, 2. But if 9, 4. <laughs> If you look back, though, that's the funny thing. Chuck Finley, I think, is the all time uh, wins leader for the Angels.
1: But if you he look at it, 150 wins. Yeah. And I think Jared Weaver is like 149 or so.
0: Yeah, he he fell like one or two short. But Chuck, it's funny. His career, that's why I think he's Sandoval's Chuck 2.0, because if you look at Chuck's career, the first couple seasons, he didn't exactly rack up the wins. He came out of the bullpen and then he, uh, he started as a starter. And he suffered two really sucky years the same way Sandoval did uh with the Angels, where he just couldn't get the W's, but he was getting the innings, he was getting the strikeouts. I think eventually Sandoval's gonna get to Chuck's status to where he's he's racking up double digit wins every year. I think he'll get there. Uh and, and it might be this season upcoming. Uh just just give him three or four runs, uh, and I think he and and Andrew and you know It could be the same thing with our new acquisition. He could come out there the same way and and start getting to W's just the way he did with the Dodgers with some better run support. And we'll go over that, too, like you said, talking about the lineup later. But that plays a big part into it because, again, we I mean, you could you could watch Angels baseball season. We just set it like a broken record. Boy, if you just give these pitchers a a, a run or two more, imagine the, the record of the team and the record of these starting pitchers.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, all we can do is hope. Uh, but overall, I, I like the Anderson acquisitions. Uh, do you have anything else about this one before we move to the next one?
0: No, I think we covered most of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Justin now the, in the rotation.
1: Okay. So, uh, Geo or Shella was the next move that was made. I mean, what? It was the next day. Mm hmm. No, it was two days later. Anderson was the signed on the sixteenth, and then the Urshela move was announced on the eighteenth. And Gio Urshela uh, was a uh, infielder who was brought over from the Minnesota Twins, and we gave up a pitcher named Alejandro Hidalgo.
0: And then we gave up Elvis, or was, oh, that it was for it? Hunter? Oh, that was for Hunter. Oh, yeah, my bad. It's another one later. Yeah, th- this one. Look, I. <sighs> This one still is the jury's out on this one. I like his numbers. What was it 13 homers, 64 or 74 RBIs, something like that? Uh, 275 hitter, something like that. RBI, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's decent. We know that. You know, he's, he has a history with the Yankees, history with the, the Twins, uh, decent infielder. There's nothing, you know, a lot of people looked at it and said, oh, it's a depth move. Now it could be a starting move. Uh, I think what you said off air. And I and I think the same is this is got to be a move to set up another move, you know, like because because where he's at right now is like okay, there's a log jam in the infield. I I do like the acquisition. Don't get me wrong, but I just I'm right now perplexed on where they, exactly you're going to put him because I don't see him as a platoon guy. I don't I don't I don't feel like some of the early writers that wrote about this move saying oh well Rendon, it'll be when Rendon um gets hurt. Yeah. Gets hurt, platoon, whatever. I don't see them platooning Rendon. I, I think you have to put Rendon out there almost at least if you're playing seven games a week, five of the seven, or if you're playing six games a week four a four of the six or five of the six, I don't see him platooning, dude.
1: I don't either. You pay Rendon way too much money to platoon him. Now it's a little different. Maybe if this is like the last year or two of his contract and he's getting up there in age, he's like 36, 37. So you need to take him off his feet a little bit. That's different. But we're still talking about a guy who's what 31 years old, maybe 32 for Rendon. He still has four more years, I believe, on his deal. And he has not really earned the 90 million dollars he's gotten in his first 3 seasons because he's been injured. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say whatever you want about well, he had a solid 2020. He wasn't paid to have a solid 2020. He was paid to have an MVP caliber season. You know, he got some MVP growth, uh, MVP votes great, but it was a shortened season. If we're not going to count the Dodgers or we're going to put an asterisk next to them, we're going to put an asterisk next to the 2020 Anthony Rendon because that's ultimately what the entire season uh, for 2020 deserves. 2021, hardly played. 2022, hardly played. I'll give Rendon a little bit of credit because he came back at the very end of service suspension. And you know what? He didn't have to do that. He could have been selfish and been like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm going to hang out here in my uh, in my house in Texas. Quick Quick question on that one. That's a very good point Uh, to you. Was that the
0: first time because of the way he's spoken out about not caring about the fans, not caring about what people think. Do you think that's the first time that he's put this team ahead of everybody and including
1: himself by, by making that move? You know, it's really unfair to put that kind of stuff on Anthony Rendon. Like I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, you guys do it all the time. What I always say about our podcast and our page is that we Take what fans are feeling at that exact moment of time unfiltered and throw it into the universe. That's why a lot of people like our page, how we feel is how they feel. And we just throw it out there. And they're like, this is what I feel right now. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 we clown on Rendon a lot. So this was definitely encouraging to see a, a team first mindset I think he is a very team-oriented guy. You know, he seems to have the guys laughing when he's in the dugout. I mean, the guy hit a left-handed home run to lighten the mood of a game that realistically, you know, we were killing. Was it the Rays?
0: Yeah, it was a Rays. We were blowing them out.
1: Was that the day that Walsh got the uh The cycle?
0: cycle? Was it that day? I think so because they were just, they were just hitting everything like no matter what they pitched it just didn't matter.
1: It feels like a different lifetime ago.
0: <laughs> it, does. it does.
1: So I I don't remember who was against, but um, yeah. And he I'm went also, over the.
0: Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. 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 Oh Go ahead. You're good.
1: I was just gonna kind of babble, so. No, go babble on. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I mean, I, I was just gonna kind of say it's really unfair to just assume that Rendon wants to sit out and that he wants to be unproductive and that he just wants to milk the cash cow that's been already, at least for bad contracts. So, you know, like I said, I'm all about giving the devil his due when it's earned. And I know you're the same way. We'll call people out. We'll call the team out on BS, but when a player or the team or even Artie Moreno does something positive we're always first in line to praise the move. So the fact that Rendon did come back, you know, against the odds, because he he had a season-ending injury, right? Mm-hmm. He came back against the odds, and he even played, what, two games?
0: Yeah, he, he actually got in the lineup for at least, I think it was six to eight at-bats. So that's not bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you know what, man, I, I'll tip my cap to him, and I'll say that hopefully this was a good momentum shift for him hopefully this kind of gave him that little bit of taste of competitiveness not because the team was you know competitive at the the last series of the year but because he competed against the odds he was told one thing and he had obviously something inside of him click where he was like you know what i can do this i can't come back
0: yeah, and I think he won over some fans there towards the end when they got into that fight with the Mariners. Uh, he was first out of the dugout. He didn't have to be there. He had a cast on his freaking arm and swung with his cast. So I think that you know when we did the post game and we did other stuff after that, you know, people kind of tied the tide kind of changed a little bit. And I think that's what I th- is frustrating to Angel fans is they want to see a little bit more emotion out of him. They'd like to see him give an interview or two. I think i think this team has too many guys that just either don't talk english and don't want to do an interview or they just don't want to do an interview you know trout's a very quiet guy you know tawny has too many cameras on him as it is i wouldn't i wouldn't expect him to give an interview even if he was fluent or comfortable speaking english like most of these players are you know they're, they're they're comfortable in their native language and that's understandable um, but my point being is, you know, I think they just need more vocal stars in this team. And I think Rendon, if he were to turn the page and have a good season, not even an MVP season, let's just say he puts up 25 home runs and, and 89 RBIs. I think every Angel fan would sign up for that. And if he were to do that, maybe, you know, hit a game winner, a walk off, and just say a few things to the fans and tip his cap every now and then, this fan base would go gaga over that.
1: Yeah, I mean, god, give me a 280 hitting season. I mean, I that, that's not incredible and you're not getting paid about 280. But, you know, if you're going to give me 160 games and you're going to bat 280 and, you know, give those other stats you're talking about with, you know, good defense cuz he's good defensively. Oh, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that any day. You know, and I get it. There's different ways to lead. But the thing is that the Angels haven't had a vocal leader Mm -hmm. there's a lot of these other teams that do and i know that was one of perry's big things this offseason he wants to bring personality back into the the clubhouse now one way to do that is by you know giving some of these young guys a shot because the young players are much different than you know even guys who are like the middle of their career like the trouts and the rendones of the world you know because 10 years ago when trout was coming up rookies weren't supposed to talk they were supposed to come up and play and that was it and that's how baseball and really sports was forever it wasn't until maybe the last like five or six years really in all sports that we've kind of started to see personalities start to flash through you know you had it with football for a while with guys like you know terrell owens and stuff but they were the exception not the rule yeah they were they were more me first yeah they're me
0: first and team first
1: Exactly. And now we're, we're in a situation where these young guys, you know, a lot of young Latin guys, and you know, you're starting to see some young uh, black guys. And obviously you, you have uh, the guys from, from Asia who are coming over, there's some flair now in the game. Uh, there's a little more, um, what's the word, cultural inclusion. And that's making the game of baseball a little more exciting to watch. Then, obviously, you have these young teams like like the Padres, who a lot of baseball fans like to see because they have these young, you know, foreign players who bring energy. And that's kind of the new age of baseball that we've seen over the last five years. And, you know, I'm here for it. This team hasn't really had that. You saw it a little bit when, like, Adele and Brandon Marsh were playing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you started to bring the other young guys in, you know, and you see it with like Suarez and some guys like that. But um, yeah, I, I really think that some personality will really go a long way to helping this organization. Yeah. So let's
0: let the kids play movement. And, yeah. and like you said, the Padres, a few other teams, the Red Sox from a couple years ago. Um, if you're out there, it's, it, it gets not only the American born players hyped up, you know, because when you look at the Padres, I mean, every player on that team was going crazy and having a good time. And that's what you like to see. The Phillies were a little bit like that. Uh, So if if you get everyone, you know, pumped up, you get rid of the whole unwritten rule kind of BS, the whole like this is your grandfather's baseball. If you lose that kind of aspect, I think it's good for baseball. Baseball's got to change with the times. It's beginning to with some of the rule changes, trying to get the game a little faster. But um, going back to Urshela, uh, where does he fit in here? I think that that one is still a question mark in my book. I, I like the signing. Um, if he was, if he's depth, I don't think it's a good move. I think he's got to play almost every day. And uh, but where do you put him? And so I think it's an incomplete for me. Uh, if I'm going to give a grade, like if you're giving me grade on Anderson, I'm going to say that's a B plus A minus type move. Uh, but on Urshela, I have to have that at incomplete because we just don't know where he fits yet.
1: Yeah, now he's primarily been a third baseman for the bulk of his career. He he had a couple games at shortstop. Uh, but I think I remember reading a tweet, uh, I think it might have been by Ken Rosenthal, uh, saying that uh, Perry says that Urshela's sec, uh, second best position is first base. Uh, so if that's the case, maybe it's a first base move. And you know, obviously that kind of adds another ripple to this. You know, the organization isn't sold on Walsh. We have that in good authority. Why? Who knows? Maybe it's because of his injury. Maybe they think it's a lot more severe. Uh, Maybe it's because of his inconsistencies. He's really hot, and then he's really not. Maybe it's because they truly don't think that he has what it takes to hit left-handed pitching. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure. The way I view it, if that is the case, then Walsh is probably a trade chip.
0: Yeah, because and- I mean, had they not made that other move with the Brewers, I would have thought, you know, if Ursella's gonna move to first, maybe Walsh goes to right or left.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but obviously then the other move took place. Correct. But um, yeah, or Ur- Urshella is a solid big league player, so he is worth was worth 3.1 wins above replacement last year. He took a 501 at bat, so it's a large sample size. Uh, like you said earlier, he hit 13 home runs. He batted 285 and he got 64 RBIs. So, you know, if he's going to be batting seventh or eighth for you, that's not a bad place to be. He has a 338 on base percentage and his career is 321. So he gets on base, he takes the walks. Um, so this is a good move in that sense. They gave up almost nothing to get him, they gave up a minor league pitcher named Alejandro. Hidalgo. And uh, he is a career 4.64 pitcher in the minors. And what he was born in 2003. So he's obviously very, very early on in his career. I mean, he hasn't made it beyond uh, Inland Empire yet, which is low A. So we're talking about a guy who's four years away three or four years potentially and that's if all goes well but obviously like we already said we're going to have a situation where we have a little bit of a log jam brewing in terms of starting pitching and in terms of the bullpen so you can afford to get rid of some guys like this even for Gio Urshela who's only under team control for one more year I,
0: I the one thing that just snaps out of me it's not even the home runs or the RBIs it's the 285 you know, coming off the last couple of seasons where this team, if you got a hitter over 249, you're, you're throwing a parade. Uh, you know, 285, your on base percentage like you're talking about walks. I think that's going to play into the, the category of, you know, a guy who's familiar with him. And Thames, it is the hitting coach and, you know, working walks, being patient. He's trying to get that New York mentality on the West Coast, which I, I hope happens here. Um, you know, more, more trouble on the bases. Like Gooby always says, you know, you want to keep pressuring the pitchers, something that we didn't do as an organization. So yeah, if this dude's playing every day at 285, obviously things like that, I'm, I'm all in.
1: So baseball reference projects that he's going to get about 520 plate appearances. They're projecting he's going to hit 14 home runs. So he will have one more than last year, 60 RBIs. They're projecting him to bat 271 with the 320 on base percentage. I'll take that in a heartbeat.
0: I agree. Give me
1: some So, yeah, and he's only 31.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. He's going to be 31. So, you know, he's about to hit free agency. So this is a prove it year for him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even who knows, maybe he has a solid season. And then maybe you talk about extending him to, you know, a a two-year deal maybe. Uh, that way you can give guys like Neto, potentially Jeremiah Jackson, some time to brew and, and see what happens. And that's assuming, you know, he he, he goes to shortstop or second base. Um, you know, if he is going to first base, well, then that's a completely different situation. But like you said, this is definitely a, a question mark move, not in the sense of it's a bad bad move. I think, you know, if we're looking at it for what it is, And if you're truly going to use him every day, this is a B, B B-plus move. But, you know, you're going to have to find a consistent home for him because he's proven throughout his career that if he gets consistent at-bats, he'll be a productive major league player. And that's what the Angels need. You know what I said last year during the offseason that the Angels need to stop getting the big name and start getting the right names. And this is an example of the Angels not getting the big name. This is them getting the right name. This isn't the sexy move. This isn't Carlos Correa. This isn't Xander Bogarts. But this is the guy who's going to help your team progress in a positive direction. Because we've already talked about Tyler Anderson and Gio Urshela, who combine are over seven win-above-replacement players. And we haven't even talked about Hunter Renfro yet. So being conservative, these two guys alone are going to give you about six wins and that's being conservative
0: and it's actually you know like i'm I'm glad you brought that up because not only is it not overshooting and getting the carlos correa's which may or may not be the right moves for this particular organization at this particular time because the in we're being in flux with the you know the potential trade or not potential trade potential sell and all the other stuff that's going on along with artie but also we're not bargain basement shopping so we're not going with the players that you talked about earlier in the show extra salary yeah where you're just getting guys who may it's not a proven it, contract it's a can you still do it you know <laughs> and we get those kind of contracts so uh, I do like this because we're, we're we aren't you know we're not giving up a lot and we're not giving up uh, the future and we're still getting a solid player for at least a season. And then we have our option of, hey, do we want to keep this guy a part of the Angels? Did he fit in really good? Or or is this a guy that's just going to be a stepping stone, like you said, for Neto and other guys in the organization?
1: And either way, so be it.
0: Yeah, because it, we're well, helping him and he's helping us.
1: Exactly. You know, he's going to want to come here and he's going to want to prove, going into his first free agency, that he has what it takes to get a big contract, right? That's the goal for everybody. Correct. So, you know... We'll see what happens with him, and that's the same thing with our next move. I believe Hunter Renfro is also a free agent after this year. Mm-hmm. Now, Hunter Renfro was acquired from the Milwaukee Brewers, and we gave up Jansen Junk, Elvis Paguro, and Adam uh, Seminaries. So we're essentially talking about two mid pitchers, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you've heard that term, Todd, since you know your grandpa, but uh, you know, mid is what people my age or High school or college people say for average. Yeah. Okay.
0: I, I didn't. I didn't know. I'm, I'm educated. Um, stop mansplaining. Um,
1: no. I- <laughs> oh, here we go with this shit again.
0: <laughs> No, I think. Uh, look, Elvis left the building for me last year. I didn't have any faith in him. He just he was a wild pitcher with a lot of potential. I think Jason Junk is another guy that was in the met, uh, Yankee sta- um, system. Uh, a lot of potential, but you know, couldn't find you know the plate at times. It's time we pass guys like that along. Now I don't have the scouting report on the on the other uh, you know prospect that we sent towards them, but you know, hey, Milwaukee got three pitchers out of it. Maybe they can resurrect one of those guys, and and the the future comes through as well with a prospect. But I think for what we got, Renfro,
1: if you're going to read his
0: numbers off, is very solid.
1: Yeah, so I remember Hunter Renfro as a Padre um his defense back then was not the best um people claim that his defense has gotten a lot better he was he always had a strong arm yep. we're talking like a Yaseel Puig type of arm in the outfield and you know say what you want about Puig's playing style, but the guy had a great arm mm-hmm. same with Cole Cahoon great arm so Hunter Renfro is going to give you that same kind of thing seems like he's kind of become more accurate with his arm which is good the Angels have not had the best defensive success in the outfield over the last couple of seasons. You had Justin Upton, who was a defensive liability. Obviously, you know, Trout's good when healthy, but he's not great at defense anymore. And I think the health is one of his biggest issues. Mm-hmm. And then you have Joe Adell, who will either rob a home run in between his legs while doing a cartwheel, or he's gonna miss an easy pop-up. You yeah. know, there's no in-between with Joe Adele. He makes a stellar play where, you you know, he makes some amazing diving catch or it's just.
0: Yeah, you hold Joe. your breath every time the ball's headed his way. Even, yeah. even on a ground ball, because I've seen a couple ground balls headed his way and they go under his legs. And I'm like, ah, shit, there's a triple.
1: Yeah, because at least with Joe Adele, whenever that ball's hit to him, it's going to be something worth garnering a reaction. <laughs> you know, it's either going to be, yes, what a catch, or it's going to be, uh yeah, it's one of those where you're at the,
0: where you're at the stadium and you see like like if you if you hit a ball up the center field and the let's let's just say there's a runner at first base and you hit one in the center field, trout's on his way to get it. and you I look towards the runner to see if the the advanced runner gets to third, you know what I mean? like I'm watching if, if there's gonna be potentially trout trying to gun him out at third or if the runner's going to be able to make it to third, whatever, like that. When it's Adele, I caught myself watching him the entire time, not focusing on the base runners. I'm like, okay, is he going to safely secure the ball and throw the ball to the correct cutoff guy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly what you said. (laughs) Um, So let's get to talking about Hunter Renfro and his numbers for last year. So we had 474 at bat, so not as much as Rochella. 121 hits. Hit 29 home runs, batted 255, 72 RBIs, and had non-base percentage of 315.
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: So he gets on base. His batting average isn't the sexiest, but, you know, I mean, it's not like Justin Upton's had some amazing batting averages his last couple seasons with the Angels. Yeah, two two
0: 228 so, would have been great for Justin Upton. Yeah,
1: yeah there you go. Uh, you know, the fact that he got 72, or, 72 RBIs last year, I'll take that. Getting on base – Uh, you know, 31% of the time, I'll take that too. You know, we just need somebody to come over here, provide us some above average defense. You don't have to make any sexy catches, but make the routine plays, which it seems like Renfro has done a better job of, you know, hold the runners from advancing from, you know, second to third, which he has the arm to do that. Um, And, you know, he has the potential to hit 30 homers a season. You know, I think he's going to be more in the 25 ballpark. But, heck, I'll take that, too. You know, it, it's a good move. Like you said, you gave up three pitchers, two of which just have potential, and then one of them was a minor league guard. So I think Jansen Junk one day will be a solid major league pitcher. We just, you know, don't have the time for that right now. We need to prove to Otani that we're trying to win right now if you want to keep him long-term. And if he does leave, well, you need to be able to win.
0: So. Yeah you plug these two guys in the lineup, like you said, with Urshela, you could have him around seven or eight. You could do the same thing with Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro wasn't batting one through five in the Brewer lineup, Uh, maybe every now and then, but he was more towards the back of the lineup. No pressure on him. Uh, Again, uh, he was shifted on. I think when I did the show with Catella Chronicles, they said he was shifted on over 400 times. So you're not going to have that luxury with him. So you'd imagine his average would go up. And he's probably an everyday hitter. He's not going to platoon too much. Adele's going to have to steal at bats from him with his, you know, resurgence or good play. So, you know, it's a plus plus because he's going to push uh Adele to make the most of every at bat that he can get. Uh Renfro's a proven starter. Uh now you have an outfield with Taylor Ward, who's who's pretty decent and who's uh in right now. Or I think he's gonna to move to left and Renfro it's one of those two.
1: Renfro's going to right.
0: Yeah, Renfro's going to right. You got Warden left, which is pretty decent, and you got Trout in center. You could platoon with or or have defensive substitutions later on. So, I mean, I like the move. Uh, I like the move a lot, and like you said, I'm on board with a 25 to 80 RBI type guy, or 25 homers to 80 RBIs, maybe a two, if he hits 265, close to 270. Give me that all day because, again, that's an upgrade completely. If you look at it real quick, you know, if Ward can give you what he did last year and a little bit better with, you know, without the injuries and without the big time slump, uh, if he hits you about 25 to 27, if, if uh, you know, Trout gives you a full season, he'll hit 50. And then you look over there at Renfro, he should hit you at least 25. You're talking about 100 home runs just in
1: your outfield. He's projected to have 25 home runs this year. He's also projected about 247, have an on-base percentage of 308 with 73 RBIs. Once again, you know what? I'll take that. Mm. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll take that. It's more production than we've had recently in the outfield. Now, unfor- uh, unfortunately, with the acquisition of Mickey Moniak last year, I think that Adele's the odd man out still. I think he's asked out. And I think we're in a situation where we really legitimately might be talking about Joe Adele as a trade piece. You know, I'm not – it's really tough because if you ask me, you know, for 100 straight days, half of those days I'm going to tell you that we should move on and trade Adele. The other half of those days I'm going to be like, you know what, maybe we should give him a chance. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to get that chance this year assuming there's no major injuries. You know, I don't project – Trout to play more than like 140 games this year. You know, he's had these small minor injuries that take him out for about 20 to 30 games a year. And I just think that Trout's at that age, unfortunately, where that's going to be the case. You know, you have Moniac, who's probably your fourth outfielder. You have Taylor Ward, who hopefully he doesn't run into any cement walls this year. And then now you have Renfro. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's it's going to be really, really hard for Joe Adele to get some playing time. And ultimately, if there's a deal for him, I think the Angels move on from him and they package it with maybe a Suarez, maybe a Walsh. There's just a long list of guys right now you can actually move on from. And the organization might actually be better for the right pieces.
0: I believe I believe you're right. I mean, they they have – this this guy has been rumored to be moved a lot. He's been getting – a lot of people like myself – feel that he had the raw end of the deal like last year like this year if you put the, the team together you get more depth i don't think you could look at it and say well, we have the luxury of sending him uh you know or keeping him on the roster you know we should send him up and down till he gets his finds his way i think they sent him up and down too much last year with a mediocre roster like if you look at what he did last year uh let's see 2002 or 2022 uh stats 268 at bats only 22 runs scored he had just sixty hits, 224 average, eight home runs, and twenty seven RBIs, four stolen bases. You look at Mickey Moniak right now. <clears throat> last year, uh, hundred and twenty five at bats, twenty two runs, so less than half of the at bats that uh that Adele had. He had um, uh, the same amount of runs. He had thirty nine hits compared to Adele's uh sixty. Uh, He had eight home runs and 20 RBI. So nearly the same stats all the way through five stolen bases, but he had a 312 average combined with, uh, you know, uh, with the Phillies and angels. So he actually hit really good with the angels when he came up. My question to you is if you're going to go with Adele or Moniac, which one do you go with? Are, Are you sold on Moniac just getting his opportunity with a new team? Like, like, Basically, let me rephrase that. Do you think a change of scenery helped Moniak get in? Because we saw him make strides before he got hurt again. uh, Because he was doing really good. he was probably one of the Angels' hottest hitters for a two-week period. Um, Do you think that change of scenery is going to get Moniak to where the Phillies thought he was going to be? And do you think Adele getting a change of scenery can get him where he's got to be?
1: I don't think Moniak's ever going to be a – what the Phillies expect him to be. I mean, he was what the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think he's ever going to be what you expect out of some a pick like that, but I do think he might be able to be a, a Taylor Ward type guy with. So maybe that change of scenery does help him. Maybe Mickey Moniac's the piece that, that, that gets traded. But at the end of the day, one of those guys is the odd man out. And both of those guys would probably benefit from some consistent playing time. Uh, I think Adele probably has more trade value at the end of the day. Uh, But I mean, both of the guys have been streaky. Both of the guys have shown flashes, but ultimately neither of the guys have really been able to translate it to any long-term success. But, uh, but we'll see. I mean, Perry's definitely not done. These aren't going to be the three biggest moves by the end of the uh, season. I don't, uh, the end of the off season, sorry. I don't think the angels are going to make much of a splash anymore in terms of free agents. I think Tyler Anderson was the big guy in terms of free agency. But there'll be a couple other trades that are made. You know, they're going to be running out of budget pretty soon here. Artie never really gets too close to the luxury tax. And we're already on pace to have the highest opening day payroll in Angels history. So he's going a little beyond probably what he would have liked. But I think he's trying to, you know, appeal to some new buyers. So that's probably why. But, you know, assuming there isn't a new ownership group who's already taking form and gives already the green light to just keep on spending to get the team to contention. um, I I think Perry will have to get smart with his moves as he starts running out of capital. Let's
0: just see the roster goes in the way it is right now. Obviously, there's still a lot more changes are going to take place. Do you do you uh which one do you keep up since we're on this moniac and adele thing real quick uh before we get back to Hunter? But which one would you give the nod to? Like as far as like if you had to pick one to be on your opening day roster, which one would it be?
1: Man, that's really tough. Um, I'd have to look at what Moniac's numbers are like in AAA. but the thing with uh Joe Adele is as of right now, he's been a four A player. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll send him down to AAA, and he's doing pretty good there. You know, it looks like he has his confidence back. He's hitting dingers. He's, you know, he's playing some average defense. And then you call him up to the show, and it's like, the how do I make that catch again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Go ahead. So, I, I was just going to say, so it really depends. I'd have to look at Moniac's AAA numbers. But assuming he's probably along the same lines, which I would imagine he probably is if the Phillies moved away from him, I don't know. You know, we're essentially talking about those same players.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Moniac's numbers, his averages are only around, hovering around 250, 240. In Triple A? Yeah. In Triple A. So it's not like he was tearing it up, like at least in in the stats that we have as far as, uh, you know, with our boy Adele, he did a lot better in when he was down there and in, in AAA. Like he was tearing it up, close to four hundred at times. My only thing with Moniak is if if I would probably start him on the major league roster only for the fact that if he's going to come in, he's you know we trust his glove a little bit better and the speed factor. I mean, he could come on and pinch run, and uh, he's to me he's smarter on the bases. So many times last year we saw Adele just make boneheaded moves where he ignored a go-home sign and stopped or he waited too long on a fly ball to judge if it was going to fall or not, um, you know, getting into uh, just stupid pickles. Uh, he, he took a lot of, uh, you know, guys off. He took himself and us out of innings. So I would have to go with that. Unless Adele's had a hell of an off season, a great spring training, I would have to give the nod to Moniac.
1: Yeah, honestly, that's one of those flip of the coin moves, to be honest with you. I don't really think there's a there's a right answer there just because, you know, Joe Adele needs consistent time up in the majors, but I don't think the Angels can give him that. So, you know, I, honestly, I, I think you just have to find a suitor for him who's, you know, you're going to be able to get a piece that might be able to help and, and go from there. You know, maybe it's a team like Cleveland or Oakland or Tampa Bay who's able to develop these kind of guys. Uh, now, along with the topic of Tampa Bay, there's a lot of Angels fans, Randy being one of them, who wants Tyler Glass now. And I know we talked a little bit about this on the chat, but what do you think of on Tyler Glass now? Is that somebody you take a look at?
0: I would if, if, he's, if he's available and Tampa's looking to move him. Obviously, a long-term deal would be kind of, you know, like a, a new ownership type deal. So that's out of the question. Tyler Glass now can give you a lot of innings, but, you know, he has been, you know, subject to some injuries. And uh, I think Tampa Bay wants to move away from that. They're all about consistency. Uh, So, I mean, he's when he's out there, I mean, he's one of the better pitchers in the league, dude, Uh, that there's no question about it. There's no uh, stoppage in his game. There's no slump in his game. The only thing that takes him out is injury, whether it's nagging, whether it's just arm issues, whatever. But uh, you know, other than looking like the uh ringer for the lead from the pinky blinders, I mean the guy's got good stuff, and uh i, I think he he would fit in good here, but what would you have to do to give up to to get him you know like like i'm a, I'm more on board with who you were talking about in the chat, which was Shane Bieber, but glass now um yeah, if, yeah, if, if Glass now came available i I'd take a shot at him, dude, I really would.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tyler Glass now obviously has has had some solid seasons, but he's still a career four ERA pitcher. True. Once again, we're talking about a guy who has injuries. We're talking about a guy who uh, admitted to things like spider tag being beneficial because he said, well, you know, guys are going to get injured if they don't use spider tag because then they have to get – a different grip of the ball, then they get rid of Spider tag and he immediately gets injured. Hmm. So obviously there was truth to what he said, but can he even pitch without Spider tag? Oh well, Fernando, he had a one point three five ERA. Yeah, well he pitched six innings. So yeah, in two games. I mean, it,
0: it goes back to me <sighs> the 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 Pirates when they had all these guys, and and you know. um, the name escapes me. The one that went to, you know, they had Jamison Tyon. Uh, obviously, he's in New York. Uh, the pitcher that went to the Padres, um, you know, you so Glass, yeah, Musgrove. Yeah, Glass now. These guys are good, solid pitchers. And change of scenery helped them out. Um, with with him, you know, saying what he said and then coming up with the injury, yeah, it's, that's concerning but i mean let's just say you know it's kind of it's kind of hard to say you know tampa's not in that position where they're colorado or they're pittsburgh to where you know they're going to be sucking and they're going to be looking to move the guy now they might move them for the right price and might right players now uh considering it's the off season, but once they get going the glass now sweepstakes are going to be gone i think uh because that's a team that's the american league east uh they're going to be contending and so if you're going to make a move on a guy like that, you'd have to do it this offseason. You have to do it during the winter meetings. So you'd have to trust that you know that what you're getting back and what you've given up is going to be equal or better value for you. And you got to trust that Glass now is going to turn it around from last year. And that's a, that's a big question mark. I know, like you said, Angel fans are very warm on that. But again, what are you going to give up? and can you trust him you don't want to get into an albatross to where you gave up too much and you don't get nothing back
1: yeah i mean if it's up to me there's really almost no move that i'd well i mean if we're talking about like a geo or shellac kind of move where you know we give up like somebody low in the minors for tyler glass now then sure but the rays aren't going to do that they're going to want some return for him so I, I just don't think the return will be worth it if we're going to give up guys like you know Ty Bush, Luis Renjifo, and um, Jose Suarez to get Tyler Glass. Now I'm going to say no because th- that's the kind of package you're going to need. Yep. You're going to need a guy who's right on the cusp like Ty Bush, a guy who's been there and kind of done that like Luis Renjifo, and a guy who just needs more reps to become really dominant like jose suarez you know if i'm going to trade those three guys you know i want somebody who's more consistent somebody who's not as injured somebody who doesn't have a career for era so yeah glass now is a name that's been thrown around a lot but i'm gonna have to say no for realistically what i'm gonna trade to get him it's not worth it i don't think we're gonna get what we want out of him
0: I agree all the way, Fernando. Because does it fit the recent three moves that we just talked about, bro? It doesn't. Like to me, this is uh this is high risk, um, possibly high or low reward. What we've done recently with these three pickups is low risk, high reward. You know, we're not throwing a lot on the table to get these players in here. You, you know, like we've already dis- discussed. You know, they're they're improve me contracts. We didn't give much up to get these guys, or or pay too much to get the Anderson. You know, now it's 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 they've got the you know Anderson's got the resume. These other guys got the resume. It's a safer pick pickup, and Glass now doesn't fit those molds.
1: Yeah, so there'll definitely be some more trades that happen. Perry's definitely not done. You know, maybe you get a couple other bullpen arms. I mean, they did sign two um, bullpen pieces who are you know who have been successful in the past Mm -hmm. and they're trying to regain, uh, but yeah, that's just kind of what you have to do with the bullpen. I mean, Jonathan Holder was one of the guys and then Chris Davinsky. So, you know, both haven't exactly been, Oh, and sorry, also Jacob Webb. So all three of those guys haven't exactly been dominant recently, but you know, you're giving them minor league contracts You're telling them to show up to spring training. You know, hopefully one of those guys hits. And even if only one of them hits, then, hey, that's not that bad. Yeah, it's not.
0: And, again, pitching is not the issue. We got a lot of arms that are going to be pushing these veterans that are left on the roster or that we bring in. It's going to be a vice versa. The veterans are going to try to hold their spot. And, and, and make a spot on the roster while these young kids are going to try to prove themselves and get up there. And, and I think it's a good good way for Perry to keep both sides very motivated to stay on the roster and pitch their way into a, into a, a role because that's what uh, every bullpen pitcher wants is a role, an established role. And, uh, you know, with right now not knowing if we're going to go out there and get an established closer off the free agent market or if we're going to trade for one, now everyone's mindset right now is that could be mine if I just do this this and this and you got certain guys that are going to be battling for that spot. So I think it's healthy as of right now and obviously like you said there's more trades to come, there's more free agency signings. So um we'll see what this roster looks like, but from what they've done so far um it's definitely different from what we've seen in the past and and uh and I like it. I'm very I'm very optimistic about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you said it perfectly. I am i don't think that I'm trying to think if there's any real like other rumors that I've heard. Like I know that Glass now is the one that's been throwing around. I know you have some people who are still clamoring for a catcher, but I think they're happy with Logan Ohapi and hopefully giving him more of a role this year. Obviously, they still have Stassi, um, you know, Walsh and Fletcher their names have been thrown around as guys who aren't who uh, the organization isn't sold on. You know, I know uh, Perry would be happier with like a guy like Fledger coming off the bench. Maybe that's because of a health thing. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you're a couple of depth pieces away. You know, I, I think maybe you reach back out to a guy like a Matt Duffy. Maybe you get him back on a one-year deal again, you know, just as a depth piece. I, I didn't hate what we saw out of him when he was playing. I think if he's coming off your bench, it's not that bad. You know, he has experience. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Time will tell. Overall, I like these three moves. I like the minor league signings for the bullpen guys. Give those guys an opportunity. I'm still not fully satisfied, but it's nice to be in a situation where the Angels are one of the most active teams so far during the off season.
0: Yeah. And like you said, time will tell when we get into the winter meetings uh, if this is going to continue. I, I just have seen a couple seasons go where the Angels started out with a couple big splashes and then they were just done and they didn't do anything at all. I mean, up until spring training, you just had minor little moves here and there. Um, so I, I will – be you know watching exactly what perry does moving forward i would love to see a few more trades for depth obviously like you said and the closer you know um closer role how is that going to be you know I, I mean idealistically i'd like a, a fearful closer coming out of the pen that was that was one of the things i looked forward to at the start of the season was knowing that we had a back end of the bullpen that looked pretty dominant with uh tapera and uh you know loop and uh iglesias and uh, but that obviously has changed now, so not having a flamethrower back there, who's going to get the job? I know you mentioned Tapera and Loop could probably start out, and then uh, we'll see if Hergit can work his way in there. But, um, you know, there's some roster spots to be filled. Um, I, I'm, I know they got Wallach back. I know he's not going to take the job from Stassi. They're paying him too much. It's just, man, if Ohapi comes out and has a great spring training – uh, I can't see them just th- giving Stassi the ball. I, I just, to me, he's not our catcher, man. He's just not our catcher.
1: I think Stassi's the, your opening day catcher, especially because you know Otani's probably your opening day starter, mm-hmm. and obviously you know they they Otani really likes Stassi, but um, I, I do think that by the end of the season, Logan O'Hoppy is your starting catcher. You know, he's obviously the future. That's kind of the hope. Mm -hmm. but um yeah yeah the there will be at least one big trade made by the angels i don't know who that's going to be i don't know if that's for a big back end of the uh rotation guy or maybe it's for you know an ace uh an ace b you know because you obviously have otani so maybe they're they are going to try to get a guy like a Shane Bieber or Glasnow, whoever you know that big name is. Maybe it's a shortstop. Maybe it's a first baseman. Who knows? But the Angels will make one more big trade this offseason. I think you're going to see one of those names. Suarez, Adele, um, Kai Bush, Jaime Berea. You're going to see one of those guys traded. It's going to be, you know, Luis Renjifo. One of those guys is going to go with with a package, and they're going to get somebody who's jaw-dropping, like, whoa, the Angels got him, That that's my, you know, bold prediction.
0: If it is, I'd like to see Canning and even Rodriguez in that mix, no Bush, I really want to see him in an Angel uniform get the oh, opportunity. Oh. I mean, I, I know you have to throw it out there because it makes sense. But you know, being, being uh, greedy and, and just being sentimental, I would love to keep him on the roster and let him start his angel career much like Sandoval did and, and throw because he just, again, he, he looks like a like the prototypical, scary left-handed pitcher man. and, and he's got great stuff. I'd hate to lose him unless we're getting, unless we're getting a really good haul with proven players, uh, you know, not just one guy if he's part of a big package, then I don't want to do it. That's just me being selfish. This is, you know.
1: Well, the good news is that this organization is really good at valuing guys who, you know, have potential like David McKinnon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's one of those moves that they made. I'm like, God, dude, that's going to bite us. I mean, he went to Oakland. So, you know, he's going to, especially now, You know, hearing like, well, you know, they're not sold on Walsh. Oh, okay, so maybe we should have kept McKinnon. You know, did he – he only had a sip of coffee. Yeah, he didn't do much in a sip of coffee, but it was his first time up in the majors. Very seldom do players come up and immediately take the world by storm in the majors. Very rare that happens. Not even Mike Trout did that.
0: That was very disappointing, and I'm glad you brought him up because – McKinnon was like, okay, he started out hot. He did start out hot. He he you know hit the ball. And then when the pitchers got a you know, a couple um, you know, uh what is it called? Uh, when they got the book on him a little bit and he got a few major league bats, he started to bust him in and stuff. But the one thing he did do, he did adjust and start working walks. And he was taking pitchers deep into counts, maybe striking out every now and then, but he would work walks. I felt that if he got more playing time, uh, he could have worked back into getting hits and he would have adjusted back to the pitchers, you know, like 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 the pitchers adjusted to him. I think he's that kind of player that he's focused enough. He'll make the subtle changes to change up his his uh, at bats and and get a little smarter in the box. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think they they gave him not enough time to maturate up here and they kind of rushed him out, which doesn't does did not make sense. Then it does not make sense now. Because the type of hitter that that the Angels are looking for, he fit the mold as far as being a patient hitter in this new uh, lineup with the new hitting coach.
1: I'll say this about McKinnon. Oh, by the way, he's a free agent right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, He was released by Oakland. I'll say this. As a minor leaguer, he has a career 412 on base percentage. Mm -hmm. Say what you want about a guy – you know, maybe his batting average doesn't translate once he gets to the majors. But one thing that normally always translates is a guy's ability to get on base. You know, if you can get on base via walks in the minors, chances are you're going to be able to do the same thing in the majors because you have a good eye, you have good patience. And most of the time, that will eventually translate to a guy getting hits. I mean, he's a 294 hitter in, in the minors. And I understand that's not great, but his last two seasons – Uh, you know, with the Trash Pandas in 2021, and then last year with the Bees, we saw a guy who was having a pretty easy time getting on base via the hit and via the walk. So, you know, maybe he's a guy you also think about bringing back along with Jonathan Diaz because, you know, they have potential. And these are the kind of guys that you really need to ride the wave with because they've been there, they've been in the organization, they know the Angel way, and that cannot be... um, overstated enough how important it is for guys to come up in your organization to come up with the same group of players to learn how to play with the same group of players that way when the time comes for them to be productive major league players they're all kind of together because they've all more or less come up together and they've they know what it's like to win together because they've already done it in the minors
0: yeah exactly and, and and you know he's only 28 years old. I think he deserves a shot. Whether it's going to be with us or not, that remains to be seen. Most likely not. But like you know, all things like you said, if, if perfect world to get him back, and to get Diaz back. But uh, we'll have to see, man. I'm I'm definitely going to keep an eye on where this guy goes. Uh, I, I would like to see him succeed, even if it's not in an Angel uniform. As long as it's not a Dodger uniform. I could care less, but I would like to see him succeed. He's a nice guy. We talked to him. Uh, you know, I wish only the best for him. So we'll we'll see what happens with him.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's it for me, man, man. Yeah, that's that's it for me too. I mean, you know, we I, I like the move so far. You know, obviously I don't think Perry's done. we have we both said that about 20 times this episode, but uh that's kind of all you can say on episodes like this. We're obviously not even at the midway point of the off season. We haven't hit the winter meetings yet, so we'll see what happens. But I, I like these moves early on, and I'm excited to see what Perry can uh, can cook.
0: Exactly. And uh, real quick, getting back to what you said earlier to start the show, which we should be saying, leave a five-star anywhere you listen to this podcast or give a like and share to the uh, YouTube vid- uh, if you're watching the visual right now. And, uh, you know, as far as Heaty's concerned, we've got a lot of stuff coming up on the uh, on the go around. Uh, we're going to be doing player profiles. We're going to be doing uh, seasons. Uh, you know, talking about random Angels stuff, stuff that's in the news. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll still be here as as we've always been. Like as far as an off season uh, uh, form of news and notes for your uh, Angels.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yes, sir. And we can't wait for that new season to turn around. It, it, it just feels like as soon as football and the Super Bowl are over, I think that's when a lot of people flip the script and they're like, okay, it's baseball time. We're almost at freaking spring training. Pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting soon. Uh, that's when I think it gets heavy and it gets real. It gets real again for the baseball fan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm already – at the point where I'm ready for baseball to start again. I mean, you know, that's primarily what I care about throughout the entire season sports-wise. You know, I know you you're a football guy. Uh, you know, Randy's a football guy. Normally he's checked out by now with the Jets, but the Jets are doing well, so he's still he's still all in on the Jets. Yeah, he sure is. I, I'd be sure though, Unfortunately, their entire division's doing well, so they're almost in fourth place. <laughs> <laughs>
0: boy he's going to hate you for that uh but yeah uh there's there's a there's a you know obviously football grabs you um not as much as basketball anymore so i can care less about that um but um but yeah i i, I need the football season to get me through to because there's those t- like i said i don't follow basketball like i used to um so you know i'll watch it through the super bowl and then right away i'm i'm just you know i'm ready to go i know you're baseball 362 and that's that's kudos to you and i you know, I'll follow it and everything, but uh, I, I know you're waiting to for the uh, summer months to kick in and, and spring training and all that, dude. So I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I guess I'll, like, periodically check in on hockey. I've done a better job this year because I've been able to watch almost all the Coyotes games mm-hmm. because of ESPN Plus and all that. And, you know, I, I find a Coyotes podcast that puts out episodes daily. So I've been able to keep up a little bit more, and that's kind of helped get me through the early part of the offseason and, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely start itching here for that baseball uh, crack once uh, once uh, like Christmas is over. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely it's going to flip the script around there. And then plus you're going to have a lot of hopefully a lot of baseball news, hopefully a lot of positive angel news. So we'll definitely see where that goes.
1: Gross. Absolutely. So, any final thoughts yourself? Uh, no, thanks everyone for tuning in, and uh, hopefully you guys had a good Thanksgiving.
0: Yes, sir. And go Angels!
1: Viva Los Angelitos!